Welcome back to another edition of Billy West Live. Gabe Herman, state representative from here in North Louisiana, is our guest again. Gabe, again, thanks so much for yeah, sure. coming on here. and providing your time and, and insight to state government and what's going on around Louisiana. It's great to have you back. It's the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Well, Merry Christmas uh, to you, Billy. And I think I've done seven Christmas parades and uh, three or four senior citizen banquets, so uh, we are definitely in the Christmas spirit at my house. Well, kissing a lot of babies as a politician <laughs> is part of the gig, but wanted to get you on here. Great news last week, reading uh, the Advocate and the Picayune and, and just online information about our state budget and a budget surplus of a good amount. Talk about that and kind of your thoughts on what we do with it. Uh, teacher pay, maybe uh, helping crime prevention, those kind of things. What are your thoughts about how we use this budget surplus? Sure. So I think last week the uh, Revenue Estimating Conference uh, is projecting about $900 million in uh, what I'm going to call surplus for this, this current fiscal year, about $600 uh, million in excess for next fiscal year. So, yeah, definitely good news. Um, I, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic uh, uh, about that, and uh, what we want to make sure we don't do is is take that money and spend it um, unwisely or without uh, considering what's coming in in the future. Because we know that uh, RSC is also projecting, uh, you know, what could be prior to this last forecast was uh, they were projecting an 800 million dollar deficit. Uh, for, I guess, fiscal year 20, 24, 25. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to be smart in how we, how we spend that money. And, in fact, a group of about 20 or so conservative legislators has been uh, – uh, we've had several meetings around the state. We had a Zoom meeting last week, and, and we've got some, uh, some meetings planned for after the first of the year uh, to talk about, you know, strategically what we're going to do in, in session and uh, how to best spend – what is the taxpayer's money? Sure. I've heard you say a number of times, and I agree with your philosophy in general, be careful with non-recurring budget surpluses and those kind of things. That seems to be what we're dealing with here. And like you said, budget projection in a couple of years of a deficit again. But then how do you respond to higher education, teacher pay, um, our crime problem that's you know burgeoning in Louisiana? I mean, address those. How do we handle that if you have some money that we might be able to spend to help with teacher pay, those are recurring, though. Uh, how do you answer higher education deficits, those kind of things that are always there and always problematic? With right, and, and look, I think investment is is a uh, investment in education is, is and I heard the governor's press conference this morning, he said the same, same thing. If we're going to succeed as a state, we have to invest in education. So I completely agree with that. Of course, we did make historic investments in, in education this year, you know, in, in last session. Uh, gave the teachers $1,500 pay raise, higher ed faculty pay raises, uh, uh, a lot of money invested in, in uh, facil- facilities for uh, colleges and universities. So, um, again, I think we need to evaluate where we're at and make sure that um, uh, we're not creating any uh, annual expenditures that we j- we're just going to have a hard time meeting. So, one idea that's been suggested is, um, you know, perhaps something like a, a stipend instead of uh, uh, for, for teachers or higher ed instead of a, uh, a recurring um, salary increase like we did this past year. But, look, we've also got things that we've invested in like uh, broadband, like water and, and sewer, roads and bridges. So those are, are all worthwhile. And, you know, we've got 
$500 million or, or more in, in Hurricane Katrina debt that's out there. So I think it would be a, a wise use of money potentially to, to uh, retire some of this uh, old Katrina debt. Uh, the 0.45 cent sales tax uh, that was supposed to be temporary that was passed a few years ago is rolling off the books, and there will be legislation filed, I know, to uh, begin to, to roll that back um, this year even. so. You know, I've never seen a budget surplus that state legislators didn't want to immediately spend, uh, bring home the bacon, whatever you want to call it, just old-timey Louisiana politics. But it's tough. You know, you're, you're a conservative and a guy who wants to be a good steward of our money, and those are reasonable positions for you to take, absolutely. But they're tough, aren't they, in, in, in an environment in the legislature in Louisiana? Well, and I don't know that I have even experienced yet how tough it can be. Yes, and, and I think you're fixing to. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. you're right, and... Uh, you know, I've got a lot of constituents that work at uh, uh, Northwestern and that work in our public school system, including the one I go to home to every night. Yes. So, uh, like, nobody would be more appreciative of a teacher pay raise than my family. And uh, so, no, I'm certain that we'll hear from all of those um, uh, special interest groups, and, like, those are worthwhile uh, investments. And, and we know, especially when it comes to education, we're not where we need to be. Well, it's a challenge. It's a problem. And, and education, you know, bricks and mortar, again, all the investments we have made in Louisiana in the last 20, 25 years, it seems as if on-campus enrollments are down, online is up, broadband, the, the money you talked about earlier. Is that a priority, you think, that's going to happen in the legislature over the next few years with respect to higher education? I think so. But, look, I think when it comes to any um, – investment that the state is making. I, th I think we're going to see uh, more of this attitude in the future. At, you know, last last election cycle, I think we saw a lot of people from the business community elected. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, from the business uh, uh, sector. I think this next election cycle we'll see more of it. And so I think we're going to be evaluating uh, the state budget more in terms of return on investment. And I think that's fair, whether it's uh, education or, uh, you know, the Department of Children and Family Services or um, uh, prisons and jails. I mean, everything the state invests money in, we need to make sure that, that we're seeing a return on investment. Well, I agree with you. I think that's where the politics are headed, what you described, and probably more of that next year, the election's coming up. But you mentioned juvenile justice, mental health, things that have been in the news here in North Louisiana over the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. Those are real challenges. The Office of Juvenile Justice is in, seems to be disarray. It's severely underfunded. We don't have funding from the federal government either for mental health like we had with revenue sharing from 20, 30 years ago. How are you as a public official and folks in Baton Rouge going to help alleviate some of these problems with juvenile crime? It is a tremendous problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you talk to law enforcement especially, they – they point to, to the criminal justice reforms that were passed back in 2017 prior to me being in the legislature. And, you know, we've got a tremendous problem with 17-year-olds uh, especially committing just horrific, horrific crimes. And, and um, I, I'm— Some younger than that. And younger than that. And, and so I'm, I'm sure we'll see legislation to roll back some of those, uh, some of those reforms, uh, you know, where we try 17-year-olds as, as adults. But where do we put them, Gabe? That's a good question. And so, you know, one thing, um, for, for many, many years, they have been trying to build a juvenile detention center in uh, Pollock and Grant Parish for six parishes and just have not been able to get the funding. 
we were um, fortunate enough to get, I, I think, around a million dollars just for some pre preliminary work. And, um, you know, according to uh, Senate and, and House leadership, and I think even the governor's office is going to be on board with funding that project. So for our immediate area, that would give us give us some relief, about 36 beds, I think. But, um, and look, that even points to, to, to deeper problems Societal culturally problems, no question. Uh, that, 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 that sure. we're facing that problem. Of course. You know, we have, I think, access to two juvenile beds at Ware Detention Facility in Red River Parish for Natchitoches Parish. Two. There's no question we have a much bigger need, but we're not going to incarcerate ourselves out of this problem. We have to have some other outside-the-box strategic thinking. I agree, and I think you you alluded to mental mental health care, and yep. and and it comes back to education, yep. and I think even early uh, early childhood education, and and uh, the legislature and the governor has made that a a priority. And you know, philosophically, I, I can't say that that I'm crazy about the government playing such a, a major role in raising children, but we're we're to the point uh, as a society where we've got a generation that's lost and we've got to get yep. these kids early and and make sure they've got this you know the social skills and the uh, uh intellectual skills to succeed so education um mental health there, there there's some things we can do but we're not going to just snap our fingers and solve those problems well a, a big challenge i know you have on your hands and it's something y'all will deal with in let in the session legislative session that's coming up is the department of children and family services the fins cases the sink cases, the family need of service, the children need of care, severely underfunded, severely understaffed over the last 10 years or so. Um, how do we address those issues to deal with the societal problems you're talking? I don't disagree with what you generally said philosophically, but we got a problem and we got to solve it. Yeah, and so I've been exposed hands-on to several of these cases just working, uh, you know, locally in, in the legislative office and there's a morale problem yes. in the department. Um, I think there's a leadership problem, and and I think um, you know we we're looking at some changes being made there. So I think we need new leadership. We uh, we do need more funding there. Now, look, just paying people higher salaries is not going to uh, I, I don't think Im improve morale and take care of those issues. But but I think it starts with leadership, and and we do have to in in invest in in those employees. But think we need just a complete shakeup in that department. I agree. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's a good answer to it, but good, good luck with the problem. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the session. It'll be on us in another 60, 80 mm -hmm. days or so, maybe a little longer than that. But lots of issues will come up. It's an election year. Uh, there will be all kind of uh, movement mm -hmm. <laughs> from different people who are jockeying for different positions. But Predict a little bit. What's going to happen in the spring in the legislative session? Well, I think we're going to hear a lot about tax reform. It is a fiscal session, so um, you know we're limited to five general bills, uh, unlimited number of, of, of budgetary and financial bills. So there's going to be talk about um, doing away with state income tax, uh, like Texas and, and Florida and Tennessee. Honestly, I, I think we need to move in that direction don't know that we're going to see anything. Uh, how do you offset the revenue, though? That's right. Well, that's, that's, Property tax, that's the big question. And, and, and the landowners uh, and timber my, owners in your district are going to get hammered. Yeah, so $4.4 billion yeah. uh, that state state income tax generates. So, but I do think you, we can do it incrementally. So I think you look at, at some of the exemptions that, that aren't necessary, um, although 
somebody out there thinks they're necessary, but sure. uh, but we, we have to look at exemptions. Um, uh, yeah, we may have to look at, at doing something with proper, property tax and uh, not going to be popular politically. But, no, um, it, it's, a, you know, it's the old Russell Long joke, you know, don't tax you, don't tax me, tax that fellow behind the tree. Uh, you you got to figure out how to pay for s- services, and then the argument becomes what's necessary and what's not. That's right. And yeah. so like I, said, I, I think there are incremental changes and some things we can we can tweak. But again, for me, it's, uh, you know, that needs to be something we look look at doing over the next five to eight years. We're not going to accomplish it this coming session. An interesting debate. There's been a lot of discussion about doing away with the income tax of Louisiana to compete with Texas for companies and to, to, to drive corporate development, those kind of things. Right. Interesting arguments on both sides. It uh, is. It, it, yeah. It's a fascinating argument. Uh, I appreciate Gabe Furman coming on to talk about these things. I know we had talked uh, a month or so ago about getting you on. We had a little conflict, but the midterm elections, the, the things that are going on, um, what, what's your read on that? And we, we talked about it this summer and, and kind of predicted some things for the fall. Yeah, and, and what so are your thoughts? I guess as a Republican, uh-huh. somewhat disappointed, we were, um, at least the national pundits were uh, predicting the, the so-called red wave turned into a red trickle, I guess. Yeah. But... Um, you know, still, I think it's a, a victory to, for, for Republicans, at least, to have uh, the majority in, in the House. And um, so, you know, from my perspective, uh, hopefully we can minimize what the Biden administration is, is able to do with things like, uh, uh, like the border um, and, and some of the social, social uh, issues they're, they're pushing. But I think for Louisiana, it, it was just confirmation that we are a red state. If, no if question. You, if you saw how Senator Kennedy performed and— uh, a Republican Congress congressman, congresswoman, sure. let low, and and you know there were even some. Uh, we had a, a couple of Senate races that I, I think, um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Representative Jeremy Lacombe, who's a great mm-hmm. friend of, of of Northwestern. I thought he would walk away with with his uh, Senate race, but he's a you know he's kind of an old school Democrat in a Democratic district, mm-hmm. but. Uh, he he was beat by a uh, uh, you know pretty solid conservative Republican appears to be even the Shreveport mayor's race. Um, you, you know, wasn't that you, interesting? It was very inter- last interesting. week. I mean, Greg Tarver's a guy I've known for a long time. Most people thought he was going to win that race, and he didn't. Uh, but it was, the turnout was a t- 11, 12 percent. Yeah, it was really poor. Really. But um, at the same time, you, you're right. There's no doubt. I mean, the Republicans and conservatism is is certainly popular in Louisiana now. But going to the Congress, you know, the Republicans did take that. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think having divided government in Washington is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, will they be gridlock in Washington? Yeah, probably so. But the Republicans also now have a responsibility to deliver on some of their programs and th- let let them come up with their border um, solutions. Right. Let, let's figure out something that does ease the border crisis. Mm-hmm. Those All are right. things that, that, that now the Republicans have an opportunity to propose legislation in the House that hopefully could pass the Senate. I agree. And, and um, you know, we'll get a, a quick test of that with this upcoming spending bill. And hopefully uh, they, they will delay that until Republicans uh, take over in the House in, in January. But, you know, that's one of the they things. Won't. No, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. But, um, you know, spending is, is somewhere where the Republicans can assert their influence in, in, uh, in D.C., I believe. And uh, look, at the state legislature is going to be feeling that same pressure. Sure. Because it would appear that we're going to have a Republican governor. I know that's uh, uh, not a, a, a guarantee, but in all likelihood, and 
perhaps uh, supermajorities in both houses of the legislature. So, you know, no more excuses for uh, for us either. No, and, and like you said, then the challenge comes over the next few years if those things happen. I think they're likely. That's what everybody mm-hmm. predicts. Then how do how does the Republicans deliver state services that are paid for and responsibly paid for with the tax issues right. we talked about a few? Right. It's a tough nut to crack. It's not easy to say, well, I, I want to be conservative. I want to stop paying for everything. That's not really how government works either. So it'll be a real challenge. But the governor's race, you brought it up. Mm-hmm. There's you know, a lot of movement, a lot of things in the background. I'm sure you're hearing the same things I'm hearing. What, what are your thoughts on who's going to run for governor and who's got the inside track? Well, the big question is what is uh, Senator Kennedy going to do? Sure. And I think he said he would announce maybe mid-January. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we know that John Froder has, has said he's waiting to hear what Kennedy does. Bill Nungesser is is waiting, but, um, you know, Jeff Landry's in, in all the way, and he's out yeah. there campaigning. It has of course, been. He has long. been, and you know, getting the endorsement of the LAGOP was a, a you know pretty big deal. And apparently, there's some fundraising advantages to to that. Until so, John Kennedy um, announces, let's he, let's see what happens. If John Kennedy right. announces, I think he's the he, he's the front runner if he does announce. I think we're going to have a good candidate either way. Uh, you know, I, I really I, I think John Kennedy automatically would have an upper hand just because of his stature and the United States Senator coming home to run for governor, all of that would have an interesting effect. It would be a fun race to watch. Uh, the Democrats will put somebody up in Louisiana to run. I'm not sure that is going to be a serious or formidable candidate to, to run against John Kennedy or, um, you know, the attorney general. I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting, always fun it, in Louisiana it during is, the governor's election. And, um the wisest thing for me to do is to just be on the sidelines cheering for the Republicans. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I will say this. And I understand you know, I've that. gotten to know uh, Secretary uh-huh. Wilson, um, being on the, the Transportation Committee. And, uh, uh, look, he, he's going to be uh, a serious uh, candidate if, if that's who the Democrats end up getting behind. Just a very, very un- intelligent man that has a lot of experience. And I've got a lot of respect for, for Sean Wilson, for sure. Well, that's interesting to hear your perspective on that. But, Gabe Furman, it's always great to get you on to get your perspective. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks so much for joining us and look forward to having you back soon. Anytime. Thank you. Gabe Furman, our guest on Hulu West Coast.